Hello and welcome to the Society of Petroleum Engineers Gulf Coast Section podcast. The section was founded in 1935 and now has over 11,000 members. It is a volunteer organization that provides member forums to upgrade and maintain professional competency. You can find more about the ongoing initiatives, webinars, events, and other member resources at spegcs.org. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the SPE Gulf Coast Section podcast. I'm Michael Gaines and uh, glad you are joining us today as we continue our conversation with Kayla Ball, who is the SVP of product at Valadir. If you were able to listen to our last episode and conversation with Kayla, we talked about energy and tech and uh, some of her thoughts on the intersection of those two industries and commonalities there, as well as perspectives on career and ways that we can all leverage the power of uh, the scientific method and other approaches to benefit uh, our work. So it was a really great conversation and encourage you to listen to that. So uh, we are back with Kayla. So Kayla, thank you for uh, joining us again today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So uh, I know you're able to give your a uh, bit of your background in our last episode, uh, but uh, for the sake of, of uh, repetition and those that, that may be joining us for the first time, would you mind uh, just giving us a little insight into your background and uh, what you do at Valadir? Sure, definitely. So um, I would call myself a converted geologist. <laughs> uh, my, my formal education is in geology. Um, I, you know, shortly got my MBA after entering the workforce and quickly moved over to product management. And a good way to think about product management is um, taking in all of the different requests from customers, from sales, from support, uh, prioritizing what needs to be built and when and then working with the development teams to essentially turn uh, problems into ideas that eventually turn into applications and, and technology products. Great. So, uh, so it sounds like, yeah, you, you get to, to really dive in and have uh, a lot of fun. I've, I've got a, uh, uh, did a stint in product uh, development and product management. And so I can understand I, while, while this is an audio podcast, what folks can't see are the, the 15 hats that you're wearing right now, but that's, that's okay, because I'm, I'm sure it uh, makes it fun. Um, so today's conversation, we're, we're talking about ESG, or uh, environmental, social, and governance, uh, which is uh, the, the three-letter buzzword, I would say, of, the, of, of our day right now, which is, which is fine, and that, that's how, how it, it goes, you know, things come and, come and go. But in this case, this is something that uh, has really struck a chord with many, uh, both individuals and organizations. So um, Kayla, wanted to see if you could kind of lead us off uh, and, and kind of sharing a little perspective on um, ESG and your perspectives, um, specifically, again, because you have the benefit of of uh, experience both in uh, the traditional energy space and now tech as well. 
um, would appreciate just some of the, the, the general observations that you've made and, uh, and then we can jump into some more uh, conversation there. For sure. I mean, it's definitely uh, a controversial topic for a lot of people and I find it to be a very broad topic. Mm -hmm. um, so people frequently use ESG um, and they're all using it in a different way or, or a different suggestion as to what should be focused on. Um, you know, we definitely have a lot of the social aspects that, that oil and gas are struggling with as an industry around, you know, kind of changing up the guard, um, having, you know, more diverse companies, more diverse leadership teams, more diverse boards. Um, and so that's one aspect. And um, I tend to find myself focusing more on the E. Um, I find it way more tangible in terms of solving problems, responding to pressure from um, outside the industry. But I also probably have a controversial way of thinking about it myself in terms of, you know, this is not new mm -hmm. to us as an industry, right? Um, this is just another wave of um, externalities coming into play and, and us needing to respond, right? Um, you know, a good reference to this is, you know, we've been improving things um, for 150 years as they come up, right? So things that we're measuring today, take, take the amount of sulfur in gasoline products, right? We're measuring and adjusting um, for, you know, appropriate limits of that in our sleep at this point. But that was something new uh, back in the 70s and 80s where we were facing, you know, such an issue with smog. Um, people were starting to notice it. People were bothered by it. And so then the regulation came in. Um, we as an industry responded. We started making products. We started making decisions um, that would fit within those new standards. Um, and so, you know, I see this as just a new wave. Um, and, and I think the hot button topic for a lot of um, society is, is around this emissions, right? Whether it's CO2, methane, um, but really trying to um, basically respond to pressure to act around those two specifically. Mm. So, so uh, yeah, and emissions certainly being one that, that strikes a lot of people uh, a passion, uh, irrespective of, of kind of where you you land on the the topic, so can understand that, um, and and maybe kind of following that idea uh, from the uh, energy industry, and and also interested to hear your your thoughts even from the the tech space, but but from an in industry uh, standpoint on the energy side. How, how do you see the response to uh, the ESG initiatives and, and what are some thoughts that you have around ways that, um, that can be in, enhanced if, if needed? Yeah, I mean, it's been interesting to watch. I see it in a couple of different camps, essentially. You've got um, organizations and companies that are rapidly embracing and making functional changes based on pressure from either, you know, um, 
society or more directly their financial institutions that are providing their backing. Um, they do this in a number of ways. Uh, most of them have accepted that this is small incremental progress. You don't have to um, take everything on at the same time, but there are steps and actions today that can progress you towards the direction you want to head. Um, there's another camp of companies that have you know, accepted that this is going to be a major initiative and it is tied to market incentives, uh, but they feel relatively overwhelmed on where to start. Mm -hmm. um, these are organizations that are typically spinning up ESG verticals as their own specific business units, right? They're not embedding it in the daily operational practices. They're not approaching it from a holistic business perspective. I'm almost equating ESG to the quote unquote new data science, right? Where when we saw data science entering into the oil and gas industry, you had a lot of collective pockets that were just operating off in this weird vacuum of let's deploy data science. Let's say we're doing data science, mm -hmm, <laughs> but they mm -hmm. weren't working on actual business problems. Um, or they weren't embedded within the teams. And now you definitely see a shift in the industry to where data science is embedded within the functional teams. It's, it's embedded within the functional you know, engineering, geoscience, um, even finance expertise um, to really partner on the things that data science is applicable for. So I see the same things happening with ESG. And then the third camp is really the one that's most concerning to me of organizations that think this is just going to pass. This is a fad for now. It's not gonna be a, a hot topic button for, for very much longer. So we're just gonna hang on while we can and um, it'll work itself out eventually. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I recognize the fact that, that no one, you know, has it perfect. You know, every, every, every industry, every organization is, is uh, at, at some stage in the, in the process of trying to refine the approach. Um, so curious to know your uh, perspectives and observations as you look at the tech industry and some approaches there that uh, could be uh, applied to the energy industry and, and oil and gas and and that space. What, are, are there any uh, items that that come to mind that you think uh, would be worth mentioning? Definitely. And I've worked on a couple of projects across uh, some of my background where, you know, I've worked on projects in the upstream sector where the resolution of satellite imagery is far more precise than it was even two years ago, right? Um, these satellites can see at a very granular level and you can leverage data science, you can leverage machine learning, you can leverage um, even cell phone GPS data subscriptions to where, um, you know, when I was at Inveris, we had found the ability to essentially use image resolution and in computer vision models to see when a well pad was cleared ahead of you know, any type of drilling activity or anything like that. So you're getting way more proactive. And then we would take that well pad, we would subscribe to cell phone GPS data, 
and we could see the individual bodies that were out on location mm. at any given time. Wow. So if you have that level of accuracy on, you know, what's happening, happening geospatially, match that with some of the radar imagery where you can tell the heat signature, you can start to back into how much glaring is actually taking place on that location. And you can tell the difference in possible emissions from drilling versus emissions in the completions um, job on that site. And then the project I'm working on right now is also really interesting in terms of you know, we are tracking a lot of operational parameters around the molecule level as it comes into the midstream and refining facilities. So we can take certifications on uh, more, you know, lower emissions uh, produced molecules as they come out of the upstream sector. We can attach it to that molecule as it goes through the midstream facility. And we can help our customers um, either monetize from a cost reduction or monetize from a capital gains perspective, um, really providing a more ESG conscious product through their operations. And these are things that, you know, we're already doing on a daily basis. These are just new attributes that we're associating to, to what we're doing around the hydrocarbon molecule. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so then in, in it sounds like there the opportunities for for growth, for impact, and for really helping to uh, bring uh, a, a new level of of forward momentum as we're talking about the the ESG space. Uh, to to your point, I think you characterized it well. It's it's not necessarily new. Um, there there are new ways of of characterizing, but it sounds like these are things that um, can can certainly play a positive role in, in helping the overall organizations and uh, industries kind of across the board. Well, and, and the interesting thing that I'm seeing is that, you know, there's also um, a couple of schools of thought around technology and its usage and, and things like that in the energy sector. And I'm a firm believer in you can leverage and embrace the technology to get way more proactive about some of these, the, these decisions and the planning that it takes to make progress. Um, or someone else is going to use that technology to prove that you're not doing those things, right? So it's it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. You can get on the bandwagon now and you can start to make incremental progress or you can wait and someone else is going to be using that same technology to essentially, you know, pull the cloak back and show the world, you know, how you're running your business, right? Mm. Yeah, nope, that's a, that is a, a great observation. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's, uh, it's, it's good to hear the, the, your perspectives on how uh, ESG has, uh, how, how you've been able to see it and interact in that space. Um, want to wrap up our conversation by getting some of your thoughts on how uh, individuals can help play a role as uh, ESG initiatives continue to, to permeate uh, organizations of all sizes, what are, what are some things uh, that, uh, you know, that the individual contributors can, 
uh, help do to uh, be a part of the conversation? Definitely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us are just struggling to figure out how do you make progress, right? Again, it's a really broad topic. There are a lot of avenues that you can take um, in terms of facilitating your, you know, your own personal career growth um, through kind of this evolution that's happening right now. And I think a lot of us are in the day-to-day and we can make small incremental impacts, right? Around what are we doing? Are there other things that we could be collecting, other things that we could be measuring, other things that we could be tracking around our day-to-day functions as it relates to some of these environmental initiatives, right? Or even the social aspect of the initiatives. Um, And I don't think any progress is too small at this point. And I also am a firm believer in tangible aspects of ESG. So, you know, there's a really old saying that what can be measured can be managed. And so I think that us as energy professionals and and individuals, we're measuring a lot of things on any given day. And so look for what type of impacts, how do you measure them? How do you prove from an audit perspective uh, that what you say is happening is actually happening? Because I also think we're seeing Um, And you'll see this in the news and then there's a lot of upcoming momentum around it. This theory of greenwashing where there's a lot of self-governing, a lot of self-reporting going on from an industry perspective around how much capital is being spent on ESG initiatives, um, how many changes in the organization or in the business practice um, are around ESG initiatives. And now financial institutions, regulatory bodies are asking for the proof the tangible concrete evidence around, okay, you say this is happening, you say it's a focus, I wanna see it on the books, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of this like third-party certification, um, third-party audit. I think um, ESG accounting is about to explode in popularity as well um, because people are trying to tie a lot of these changes to the market incentives that are available. Um, for making the changes appropriately, right? And so I think um, we as individuals can be contributors. Um, We as individuals within our corporations can be contributors. And um, it's it's already in our day-to-day process, right? We just have to kind of raise our heads, open our eyes, and look for additional avenues that we should be exploring. Right. Great. Yeah. No, I... That sounds great, and I I, uh, I echo your your perspective there. So appreciate the insight on uh, ESG and uh, perspectives both from the uh, energy world and the tech space from Kayla Ball, the SVP of product at Valadier. So Kayla, thanks for uh, sharing your perspectives and joining us today. Yeah, anytime. Hopefully we can, you know, eventually all get together in person and talk about all these things as well. Uh, I, I'm ready to see people and not pixels. So you're in, you're in good, good company. Great. Well, thanks, Kayla. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Society of Petroleum Engineers Gulf Coast Section podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the upcoming events or resources available, Or if you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode and have suggestions for future topics, feel free to contact us at spegcspodcast at spe.org.